Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is EY Eric Young. And I am Greg Sussman. Happy to be here with you on a Friday as we head in to week number eight. Frankie, what's happening, man? Greggy, happy Friday to you. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about all the fantasy football games coming this weekend. Week 8, man. We're nearly halfway through the NFL season. Time flies right now. Uh, last night, Greg. Just like we all expected, a barn burner, the Vikings and Washington. Vikings and the Washington football team came through exactly how we expected them to. EY, what's happening, buddy? Uh, not not the greatest football game, but uh, I mean football nonetheless. Uh, was flipping around, watching some uh, watching some hockey, watching some football. It was a good night. It was a good night. Uh, but I do have bad news. Uh, playing in the the WWE league, playing Miz, he had Delvin Cook and somehow uh, Bailey, the kicker, and he's up on me forty one points with two players. Not, so not a great start to the WWE league week. No, we played Delvin Cook as well, Frank. Yeah, I played. I played him in five of my nine leagues, so that's that's a good that's a good way to go into the weekend. That's so unlucky, man. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. I I played uh, the Patriots. I think it was week two when they uh, they played Miami. I played them in eight of the, my nine leagues. Oh my think about god, that. Crazy. Where are the odds right? of that happening? It's so remote. I'm not a math guy, but like that is so remote. No. That is insane. So remote. Yeah, Dalvin Cook now has had. A touchdown in every game but one so far this year. He has nine rushing touchdowns in eight games. He's just absolutely amazing, you know. And a lot of people thought this could have happened, right? We all knew that, you know, going at the turn, he's he's this year's Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey was going at a similar spot last season at that one-two turn. Dalvin Cook, we all knew what the upside was. The only reason you got the discount on him was because of the injury risk. But we can we see now, look, as long as this guy is healthy, the offensive line has improved this year as well. They did invest in that in the offseason. They invested it in, in the draft as well. They bring in Garrett Bradbury. The offensive line is playing well. Dalvin Cook, one of the most electric running backs in the league right now. So if you drafted him on that turn or in the second round or you, know, you reached on him in the first round, it is working out for you right now. 
Greg, he is this year's Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. He is the guy that leads you to victory each and every week. As you mentioned, scored a touchdown in every game but one this season. Uh, he has been a rock star. The offense is simply built around Dalvin Cook. And Stephon Diggs, he got his. Another seven catches for over 140 yards, burning Josh Norman. The only negative to Stephon Diggs was that early first quarter fumble where he was trying to change the field and head toward the end zone. Ultimately, he fumbles, but that was just a blip on the radar. Another really good night, EY, from Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Diggs looked awesome. I mean, this is the guy that that I think most of us thought he was going to be. Uh, this is the guy that you know people drafted him high, and I, I would imagine that a lot of people have have moved on from him and are probably pretty sad about that. So uh, yeah, Diggs looked awesome. Yeah, I tweeted that last night as well. Dream That's me. That I hope after that game against the Eagles where he blew up for 167 yards and three touchdowns, that you didn't just sell this guy off for anything that you can. I mean, I was one of those that was actually trying, but nobody wanted him. So I just kind of stuck around. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to ride this out. This is now three weeks in a row that he has given us 143 receiving yards or more. How about this? Two weeks in a row, he's had exactly 143 receiving yards. So that's weird. On seven receptions, too. Three games in a row, at least seven receptions. Two games in a row. Exactly 143 receiving yards. Just very odd. Four of the last five games, he's had over 100 receiving yards. So, looks like Stefan Diggs is getting back to the player we thought that he could be ever since Adam Thielen called out Kirk Cousins. He's been balling out. I know a lot of people ended up using Kirk Cousins last night. I myself used Kirk Cousins in a league where I had Lamar Jackson on a bye. He didn't come through. You know, he played well. They just kept throwing screen passes to Dalvin Cook. Washington had no answer for that. Uh, And then when he wasn't throwing screen passes... He was throwing it to Stephon Diggs, so it worked out, but um, ultimately he didn't throw for any touchdowns for Kirk Cousins, so that wasn't great, uh, but the Vikings are, are playing well right now. Greg, I'll throw this your way. Do you try and look into selling Stephon Diggs now that he has built up you know, this three-game sample, and you can kind of use that as, an, as a reason to turn him into a wide receiver, too, that you might trust more consistently once Adam Thielen is back? Yeah, I, I think that Stephon Diggs, you now have the ability to move on from him with a with, get a stronger return, ultimately. You know, things have certainly eased up for the Minnesota Vikings schedule-wise, right? They've gone through the NFC East and that soft, soft landing spot with the New York Giants, the Washington football team, and the Philadelphia Eagles back-to-back-to-back weeks. And it worked out awesomely. Like, you're still going to face some tougher secondaries to come. Adam Thielen is going to be back. You're damn right, Frank. I'm using the next 10 days to try to trade him away. Yeah, we can talk about that more next week when Stefan Diggs is eligible to be traded in your fantasy league. We can kind of figure out which players to target. Greg, I had a tweet last night. Drink again. Talking about my Twitter. This is the this is the Frank Twitter show, apparently. Most but are. I didn't real I didn't expect this to kind of blow up the way it did. I tweeted out about Terry McLaurin. He was dominating in the first half. If you watched that game, he was getting whatever he wanted against Xavier Rhodes. Did not have a single catch in the second half because Dwayne Haskins took over. And I tweeted out that. Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback moving forward. Terry McLaurin is no more than a wide receiver four. I don't think you can even trust him as as a wide receiver three that you play week in and week out. I think he would be nothing more than a bye-week replacement if Dwayne Haskins is the quarterback. Bill Callahan has said when Case Keenan returns from the concussion, he is the quarterback still. And you can see why. Every time Dwayne Haskins plays, he looks awful. And it's not just against a Vikings defense that's pretty good. I mean, it's against a Giants defense that's not. Right, yeah, but like, Case Keenum against the same defense was having success in the yeah, first half. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was throwing all over them. No, it was no issue. And Terry McLaurin on that interception from Dwayne Haskins was wide open. Like, wide open. Yeah. And Haskins just airmailed it. And 
Then the Vikings do what they did best. They play keep away for an entire fourth, the entire fourth quarter. And that was it for Washington. Dwayne Haskins has looked lost. He does not look comfortable. And the Giants knew what they were doing, Jack and Danny Dimes. How about this, Greg? Two, uh, two weeks in a row, we were excited that Ryan Tannehill took over for the Titans because he can get the ball to his receivers. And now Case Keenum. We're rooting for Case Keenum to come back so that we can have relevance for Terry McLaurin. Paul McCoy would be fine as well. Let's go with Case Keenum. Sure. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll start previewing everything else from this Sunday. A lot to come with EY and Frank. I'm Greg. We'll be back in a moment. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. All right, before we go any further, before baseball season began. Uh, EY's favorite sport. EY's favorite sport, yeah. Frank, one. Uh, the closer, and I all had a, did they made it, uh, how many wins, the win totals for each and every team. And we went down the list and we went over or under every team's win totals. And we bet a baseball player shirt to the winner. And Frank, we all had good years. Yeah, we did all have good years. Uh, it was pretty surprising. I think I hit on like 22 out of 30. I, I think you were like just behind that as well. So uh, maybe that's something that we should look into moving forward, betting baseball futures, specifically when it comes to the team totals, the wins. We did well, man. You, you yeah. were impressed with all of us. So uh, last Everybody gets lucky every uh, now so and then. Last so right? last week, Frank uh, told us what he wanted. So Venture and I Ooh. purchased his request. <laughs> what do we got here? So... <laughs> that picked uh, up right on the mic. That's uh, that's what EY thinks about baseball. So we'd like to present to you, Frank. <laughs> oh, what do we got? Because Frank's a huge Yankee fan. <laughs> we got a, we got him a Cleveland Indians player shirt. Let's go. Fifty-seven, not Justin. My man, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber. That's awesome. Not Justin. Cleveland Indians. Players weekend, player jersey. Enjoy, let's go. enjoy, Frankie. Thanks, Craigie. You got it, man. You let's uh, it. let's do it for let's do it for basketball too. Maybe I'll win that. Well, that season's already started. <laughs> it's too late. I think we tried. We, we were gonna do that. I think we were gonna do that. Did we do it? I don't, I don't think we did. Huh. All right. Moving on. All right, let's get into this Sunday and let me begin. We talked about the Cleveland Indians. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland and New England. As I said on yesterday's program, Jarvis Landry guaranteed victory. Quickly walked it back when he was like, ah, crap. But he guaranteed victory. Everybody in that Patriots locker room knows it now. It's the Patriots and the Browns. Frank, how do you see it shaking out? This is actually a tougher game for me to break down because it's been really hard for me to read both the Patriots and the Browns all season long. I'll start on the Browns side. Obviously, you're starting Nick Chubb. And I think coming out of the bye, the best recipe for success here for the Cleveland Browns would be to ride Nick Chubb. Give him 20 to 25 touches in this game. Maybe even more than that. You know, just keep the New England Patriots offense off the field. Do not try and attack this secondary. Do not try and have Baker hold on to the ball and, and make plays down the field with Odell Beckham. Ride 
Nick Chubb, and then ride him some more. So obviously we're using Nick Chubb here in the spot. Odell Beckham, look, going up against Stephon Gilmore, one of, you know, probably the toughest secondary in the NFL right now. One of the toughest secondaries since, you know, I heard people talking about this downstairs, the the Legion of Boom, the Seattle Seahawks. I think, to me, Odell Beckham is a wide receiver too. He's not the top 12, you know, top five wide receiver you were drafting him to be. But for me, he's still a top, you know, top 20 wide receiver. He's a wide receiver too. And I think... In most instances, it's going to be hard to get away from Odell Beckham. And I don't know if, you know, maybe we have to do a little bit of uh, ripping the name off the back of the jersey here in this matchup, Greg, but I'm probably still going back to Odell Beckham here. Um, and Jarvis Landry, look, low-end wide receiver three. Don't really want to attack this uh, this Patriots defense much. And then on the Patriots side, I think Sony Michelle's in a good spot. The Cleveland Browns are 25th in run defense DVOA so far this season. Sony Michelle's getting all the work inside of the red zone. I think he leads the NFL in rushing attempts inside of the 10, and he has like 19 rushing attempts already. He has that LeGarrette Blunt role from a couple of years ago when Blunt scored like 20 touchdowns. Sony Michelle has that role, so he's a high-end RB2 for me. I think James White is a low-end RB2 in PPR leagues. Julian Edelman, he's questionable with a chest injury. He's going to play. Uh, he's a wide receiver, too. Mohamed Sanu, I, I kind of really want to take a wait-and-see approach. I want to see how they use him here. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of try to force-feed him a little bit, kind of like they did with Antonio Brown his first game. But honestly, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams are back. I, I want to take a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Mohamed Sanu. Makes sense to me. Mohamed Sanu, I don't think you can just rush into that, into that one. But all the normal players that you play for New England, you're going to do it. Where's James White on your running back rankings this week? So I have James White in my half-point PPR running back rankings as my RB25. So he's right on that precipice as a low-end RB2, high-end flex option. All right, RB25 this week for James White. EY, up next, it's Tennessee and Tampa Bay. Let's go down to Nashville where this one takes place. For Tennessee, it's week two of the Ryan Tannehill era. What do we expect? Yeah, I think Tannehill is going to have a good game. Um, everyone, every quarterback that's played Tampa Bay has had a good game. I don't think Tannehill will be any different. The offense looked completely different. Uh, I think Derrick Henry scores a touchdown. Uh, I mean, he's a for sure start, has been all year. Uh, and I think Corey Davis is going to show up again. Like I said, uh, every quarterback that has played Tampa Bay ha- has had a great day. And uh, and I think Tannehill will also continue that. I think it'll be 300-plus yards for him. Corey Davis is the number one there. I do believe that A.J. Brown will get involved. And I think even John New Smith has a chance to score a touchdown here. For me, you look at this Tennessee team, a lot of people are buy- buying back in to Corey Davis in A.J. Brown. Are you? Yes, I never I left. I have them both inside my top 36. I have Corey Davis as a high-end wide receiver three. Love both of them for DFS as well. On FanDuel, they're only $5,500. If you're choosing between one, I would still lean Corey Davis because he does play more snaps. He does run more routes than A.J. Brown at this time. I agree with EY. I like Jonu Smith as a streaming tight end if you're desperate this week. When it comes to Derrick Henry... He's still inside my top 12 just because of volume, but I think you have to keep your expectations realistic because he's going up against the Bucs who are allowing just 2.72 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Todd Bowles completely selling out for the run right now, and he's done a great job of stopping the run, but ultimately he's getting beat through the air a ton. So uh, when it comes to DFS, I think Derrick Henry's probably a fade for me this week, Greg. Ooh, Derrick Henry, a fade for you against Tampa Bay. Now on the Tampa Bay side of things, O.J. Howard has been ruled out. 
So a lot of people, we heard Venture talking about it on the Frenzy a little while ago. A lot of players are picking up Cameron Brait and starting it because, hey, let's throw a dart. It's a tight end. Why not? Is Cameron Brait a tight end one for you this week, Frank? Yeah, I moved him up to tight end 10, which might be aggressive, but if you look at other players in that range, Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, TJ Hawkinson, how reliable are those tight ends either? So look, we understand it's a, a dart throw a lot of the times with these streaming tight ends, and I think with OJ Howard out, while you know, he was only getting two, three, four targets a game, those are going to go Cameron Brait's way now, and we mentioned this either yesterday or the day before, the Titans are allowing the ninth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends, so I like Cameron Brait as a streaming tight end as well, I like him more than Jonu Smith, I actually dropped Chris Herndon in one league, Greg, to pick up Cameron Brait for the spot, because I do think that it's a pretty good one, uh, when it comes to everyone else on this team, you're obviously starting your, your Bucks wide receivers, I have Jameis Winston as my QB 12, um, I kind of want to see how they utilize Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber coming out of the bye. I think both guys are... I think Ronald Jones more so is a low-end flex option, but I don't really feel great about either. Frankie, our own Eric Young had a tight end question that, let me go with Cameron Ray, right? Would you rather start Cameron Ray this week or in a game that we do expect to be high scoring between the Lions and the Giants, would you rather start TJ Hawkinson? Hawkinson or Ray for you? Yeah, so I have Bray as my tight end 10. I have TJ Hawkinson as my tight end 13. So they are very close, but I moved Cameron Bray ahead of him. Again, good matchup. I think the opportunity will be there for him this week. Perfect for you, EY. I told you to start Hawk, so good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys normally do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for. Let's move on to the Lions and the Giants, Frank, before we hit the break. As I said, I do expect it to be high scoring. I like the over um, in this game. The Giants coming off two tough losses, or three tough losses here to Minnesota, uh, New England, and Arizona. They go into Detroit. They're very, very heavy underdogs. And Detroit, tough loss at home last week uh, to Minnesota. I don't know why I said Minnesota played all the NFC East teams. They also played Detroit last week uh, as well. Uh, what do you think about this game? Start off on the Lions side of things. I think it's you know going to be hard to get away from pretty much everybody. I, I like Marvin Jones again this week, coming off a game where he scored four touchdowns. Fantasy points are to be had against this Giants secondary. I think Kenny Galladay bounces back as well. I like both of those guys for DFS. Speaking of DFS, Ty Johnson only fifty two hundred dollars on Fanduel this week. Nobody knows you know how this running back. You know, this backfield is going to break down between Ty Johnson and J D McKissick. I think we see a similar breakdown to what we saw last week. I think we see 60 to 65% of the snaps and the work go towards Ty Johnson. He's only $5,200 on FanDuel, so I like him as a value. J.D. McKissick, I think, gets you know seven to eight touches as well. Uh, he is a bi-week replacement in PPR leagues as a flex option as well. I like Stafford. Greg, I have Stafford ranked as my QB4 on the week. He has been performing really well this year um, and, and against that giant secondary again. I like him. Like the Lions' uh, defense as a stream as well, uh, Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to eat. The Lions haven't been able to stop anybody on the ground. You buying the Golden Tate Revenge game this week? Yeah, he's inside my top 24. There you go. A top 24 wide receiver is Golden Tate. We'll take a break. We'll continue on going through everything that you need to know about Week 8 this Sunday here on the BFFs. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more.
we're talking football. Whether you want to light the lamp on DraftKings or FanDuel this NHL DFS season, then do it by joining DailyRoto.com. Learn about the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing DFS hockey without using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That promo code is ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. You guys are talking about it inside of our YouTube chat, and that is the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been ruled out for Sunday night, although Devontae Adams has not. Green Bay, Kansas City. I know when the schedule came out, this is one that we circled Sunday night football that we were super excited about. Lost a little bit of its luster with potentially no Devontae Adams and with no Patrick Mahomes, but it still should be a good one on Sunday night. Yeah, it should be a good one. I think Andy Reid, with all the time he was given coming off Thursday Night Football, uh, is going to get the most out of Matt Moore that he can. And I think that LaShawn McCoy is going to be in play here as well. I understand that the Chiefs have not been a good run-blocking team so far this year. Their offensive line is getting healthier. But LaShawn McCoy, for me, is a high-end flex option because the Packers cannot stop the run right now. They are 19th in run defense DVOA. We just saw Josh Jacobs, a banged-up Josh Jacobs, run for over 100 yards against them. The Packers are allowing 4.99 yards per carry to opposing running back so far this season. That is tied for the most in the NFL. So I do think LaShawn McCoy is a play. Obviously, if you own Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, you're getting those guys in there, even with Matt Moore as the quarterback. You can use Matt Moore in super flex leagues. The Packers secondary, while we think it's going to be good for years to come, they have some good young players, Greg. They've been susceptible to the past the past couple of weeks as well. So uh, in super flex leagues, do not shy away from Matt Moore. On the other side of things, it's a good matchup for both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. The thing is, we don't know how much work Jamal Williams is going to get. So I think he's in play as a low-end flex option, but I'm still really banking on Aaron Jones seeing 60 to 65% of the snaps and a same amount of the work as well uh, going up against the Chiefs defense that cannot stop the run, Greg. I don't think that Devontae Adams is going to play in this game. So everyone's going to ask, well, do we start Geronimo Allison? Do we start Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard? Surprisingly, the Chiefs defense has actually been really good against the pass this year. They are fourth in pass defense DVOA, Greg. So I don't know that I really want to target any of the Packers wide receivers in this spot. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to get some of his numbers, but I think, again, like we saw last week, he's going to spread the ball around. I think Jimmy Graham is a low-end tight end one. The Chiefs have struggled against tight ends, but they have been pretty good against wide receivers. So so I I guess the obvious question is, are you not waiting for Devontae Adams then? If you're a Devontae Adams owner and you aren't an MVS guy, you, you don't have Geronimo Allison, what do you do? As of now, I'm expecting Devontae Adams not to play. So in the leagues that I own him, which are, you know, I play in an NFFC high stakes main event league, $1,700 buy-in. Devontae Adams was my first round pick. As of now, Greg, he is not in my lineup. And even if he's not ruled out going into Sunday morning, the, the early games, I'm still not going to have him in my lineup because I don't expect him to play personally. He was out on the field jogging today, but I don't think that's going to be enough for him to get on the field. I think week nine, we, we probably see Devontae Adams back. EY, how have your expectations be, been tempered, if at all, without Patrick Mahomes in the lineup for Kansas City when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill? Uh, I, I mean, they're tempered quite back. Like, look, I mean, this is, uh, we're talking about probably the best quarterback, physically the best quarterback in the league. Mahomes is doing things that have never been done. He is a generational guy. This is the guy they'll talk about in 20 years. Matt Moore, not the same guy. Um, 
I think he's going to be serviceable. I think, like, I agree with what Frank said. I think Andy Reid will have him coached up. They'll have a game plan in place. I think they will lean more on the run and short passes. And I think this could be, a, you know, a decent game for Kelsey. The Green Bay defense has been pretty good, especially with pressuring quarterbacks. So I feel like quick passes uh, to the tight end and to the running backs could be a, th- a way that Kansas City goes. So, I, I mean... If you have Kelsey on your team, you're playing him. I mean, like you drafted him in the first or second round like a lunatic, so you have to start him. And if it makes you feel better about starting both of those guys, Greg, based on Matt Moore's target distribution in that Thursday night game, both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill led the team with five targets each, so he is still going to lead on those guys. He has to. Those are the talented guys. And do, I you tra- start, do you start Sammy Watkins? Looks like he's going to play. He's fully, you know, he's practicing in full. Where's he in your rankings? He's outside my top 36. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I, I asked you the question and you kind of flipped it back on me. Well, that's what well, I do, uh, man. You're the you know, rankings. Where, where's Sammy Watkins in your rankings? Uh, I have him outside my top 48. So, so clearly not. <laughs> All right. Uh, New Orleans and Arizona. I know a lot of people are looking forward to this one. Our own Gabe Morancy loves Arizona with the points in this game. We're still not sure on Drew Brees' status, if it'll be him or Teddy Bridgewater. I've why been, would he play, Greg? I, I mean, why, you, why are they I'm, doing this? I'm with you. But it does look like Alvin Kamara will be back. It does not look like Jared Cook will be back. So, EY asked us a few moments ago about Cameron Brate versus um, TJ Hawkinson. I've been saying Josh Hill all week long. The Cardinals haven't allowed a tight end to score a touchdown in every game of the season. Why not again to Josh Hill? I'm with you, Greg. I've been ranking Josh Hill like Jared Cook is not going to play. He's my tight end 14. So, Oh, really? He's after Hawkinson? He's after Brate? He's right in that mix. I <laughs> asked you this morning, Cameron Brate versus Josh Hill. You said Josh Hill. Did I say that? Yes. Well, that was before O.J. Howard was ruled out. <laughs> no, but I do like both of them. I don't really think that there's a wrong a wrong answer, right? Like, it's dart throws anyway, right? When it comes to the, totally. the tight ends that we're, we're talking about in this range, they are tight end streams, and, you know... One of these, a few of these guys are going to hit, but a lot of them are not. But I think Brait is in a good spot. I think he's going to see, you know, anywhere from five to seven targets. The tight ends struggle. The Titans struggle against tight ends. And the, so do the Cardinals. So I think Josh Hill, he scored a touchdown last week. That was without Jared Cook. He still only saw three targets. So that's why I am somewhat tempering my expectations. I think Josh Hill, a really good DFS play, someone that you could punt on, both him and Cameron Brait. They're super cheap. But you're right. The Cardinals have allowed a touchdown to be scored to tight ends in every game but one. And Josh Hill, coming off a game where he just scored a a touchdown, I think he's going to be in play once again. All right, we'll see what happens uh, with New Orleans. We'll see who they go with at the quarterback position. Uh, For Arizona, do we have any word, EY, on Christian Kirk's availability? I, I was uh, heard a thing today saying that it, it it does seem like he has a good possibility to play. They haven't ruled him in or out yet, but they're saying there is a possibility that he will play. So you're just going to have to keep an eye on it. And and David Johnson, if I was a guess, I would guess that he's not going to play. And if he does, he'll be very, very limited. So uh, prepare for that. Yeah, Greg, we have to talk about this. It's Absolutely. really both running back situations. It's David Johnson and Chase Edmonds. And then, you know, Alvin Kamara is going to be back, but he's been practicing on a limited basis. Latavius Murray looked really good. And they have the bye next week. So you really have to ask yourself, realistically, how much are the Saints going to use Alvin Kamara in this game? They have a bye coming up. They don't really have to lean Great on him. Great point. They're 10.5-point favorites. Latavius Murray just ran all over the Chicago Bears, who are supposed to be a great run defense. Maybe not so much anymore without Akeem Hicks. But I think that we probably still see a good amount of Latavius Murray. Now, I had him ranked as a top 15 running back earlier in the week because I didn't think Kamara was going to play. But with Kamara in there, I probably downgrade Latavius Murray to a high-end flex option. I agree. And I think, Greg, if you own... 
Alvin Kamara, are you really going to bench him? Or do you think you just have to throw him in there because he's going to play? What if it's a David Johnson situation like last So that was what I was going to ask you. It's a possibility. What do you what do you do in both of those scenarios with David Johnson if he's active this week and Alvin Kamara when it's he's so active frustrating? Here. Why would David Johnson be active for this game when they signed two running backs and Chase Edmonds just ran as well as he did? This offensive line is actually playing better the past couple of weeks. I don't really know what the Arizona Cardinals are thinking. And of course it was their awesome GM, Greg, who came out, Steve Kime, who came out and said, Oh, well, David Johnson still has a chance to play. He's a true game time decision. Like, what are we doing, man? I how about you let this so, guy rest up? You so just you spent I, so much money on him. To me, let him right, get healthy. I think that's more of a like a coach speak. Like, yeah, is it like play. oh, so we don't, so the Saints don't know what to prepare for? Is that is that what it is? Yes. It, I own both of them in one league. As of right now, I have Chase Edmonds in my lineup. I don't have David Johnson in my lineup, and that's on a team where I also have Ty Johnson. I'm starting Ty Johnson over David Johnson. I mean, this is what we're talking about in Week Eight of the fantasy football season. Are you starting David Johnson at all, at all, Greg? I mean, I have Frank Gore. and I, Are you starting Frank Gore over David Johnson if he's active? How do you do it? How do you do it, Frankie? How do you bench well, the David Saints Johnson? The Saints run defense is actually good. I know. So, like, what are we looking at? Five to ten touches from David Johnson against a good Saints run defense? Okay, well, let me ask this with Chase Edmonds then. In a league that we share together, we have Chase Edmonds, we have James White, we have Frank Gore. Start two of them. Chase Edmonds, James White, and Frank Gore. It's our team. Yeah, I'm, I'm benching Frank Gore. Okay. So, I mean, right, right now, if David Johnson plays, here's how I'll phrase it. If David Johnson plays, I still think Chase Edmonds is a low-end RB2, high-end flex. I don't want to use David Johnson even if he plays. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I don't know how effective he's going to be. It's a tough matchup. I don't know how much they're going to use him. It might just be a decoy again like last week. Uh, I got burned by him. I, I don't want David Johnson in my lineup. When it comes to the Saints situation, if Kamara plays, I am going to use him because he can be that efficient where if he only touches the ball 10 times, he can still be really good. Totally. Latavius Murray, to me, is now a high-end flex option. That's, right. how, that's how I'm approaching it. And if David Johnson is ruled out on Sunday, Chase Edmonds, to me, is a top 15 running back. Even, if it's against, even with against New Orleans. Against New Orleans, yes. Okay. All right, the Rams in Cincinnati, EY, they kick off from London, 1 p.m. start. Uh, Rams on the road, heavy favorite. Jerry Goff, despite good numbers last week, hasn't really looked good. What do you expect out of Goff this week? Yeah, I think he'll bounce back. I mean, look, if you, you want to get right on offense, you play the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, especially a, a guy that I'm really excited about this week is Todd Gurley. Cincinnati hasn't been able to stop anybody on the ground. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, look, I mean, he's not... He's not productive like he was, but I don't think it has anything to do with Todd Gurley or his arthritic knee or any of that other nonsense. He's getting a decent amount of work. He's looked decent, but he's being tackled or, or touched in the backfield before he even gets to the line of scrimmage. It's an offensive line thing. It's a scheme thing, but I think Gurley will be uh, very good this week. Andy Dalton looks like, oh my God, what a mess. I mean, he is just... You have these these weeks where you're like, man, he he's really looking good. I mean, maybe he's turned things around, and then he has another week where it looks like he doesn't know how to play football. I, I'm not interested in any of the Bengals. Mixon is the biggest disappointment for me this year. He's been rotten. Rotten is the right word. When we come back, Frank, I want to get your opinion on these Bengals wide receivers. I know Alex Erickson was a pickup on in taste in the lineups for, for a while now. And you can opine on Joe Mixon, how he has struggled as well. Stick around. We have a lot more to come. Just 20 or so minutes to do it. We go around the league. Here on the BFFs.
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. segment of the week here on the BFFs. EY bopping along with some Billy Joel, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman. I want to get EY's questions answered just to make sure we get to them because they're the most important questions because there is. So, yeah, he's right. our best friend, obviously. Oh, I, my, my BFF for life. All right, Hawkinson and Bray, we talked about that already. His other questions are in regards to Robbie Anderson versus Mike Williams. So let's break that, those games down. It's the Los Angeles Chargers in Chicago this week. It's a weird matchup, Chargers and Bears. Mike Williams, a lot of his value, Frankie, may come if Keenan Allen plays or not. He injured his hamstring yesterday. I believe stretched today. I don't know what his practice designation was. He's a true game-time decision. True game-time decision. Nevertheless, I expect to see more Mike Williams and more of Austin Eckler for the Chargers this week. How do you see this one shaping out? Yeah, just to answer that question, I would go with Mike Williams over Robbie Anderson just based on Keenan Allen being banged up right now. Uh, The Chargers running back situation is just a mess right now. I've said all week, I think that if Anthony Lynn has any ounce of intelligence he will start to use Austin Eckler more. He just has no choice. I mean, Melvin Gordon has looked like a slug. This Chargers offensive line is beat up. They cannot run between the tackles. The way to attack opposing defenses right now is using the short passing game as an extension of the run game. We saw the Detroit Lions do that for years, and I think that you know the Chargers should move over to that. And the Bears are allowing 7.5 receptions to running backs per game this season. That is the second most in the NFL. So I like Austin Eckler quite a bit this week, Greg. I have him as a top 24 running back in PPR leagues. I have Melvin Gordon as a... I have him as a flex play still because... The Bears' run defense has been falling apart, uh, falling apart without Akeem Hicks. I mean, they've allowed six rushing touchdowns over their last three games. And over the past month, they're allowing the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So, Melvin Gordon is still a flex play for me. I do like Austin Eckler quite a bit. I'm hoping that they kind of learn from their mistakes, Greg, and get him more involved. Mike Williams, for me, is a wide receiver three. Keenan Allen... Look, you're going to have to pay attention. I believe this is a later game, so you're going to have to have either someone in this game or, or someone later on. Um, 1 o'clock. It's a 1 o'clock game. All right, yep. so we'll know early on. But, uh, yeah, if, if Keenan Allen's out, Mike Williams moves up to a high and wide receiver three, low and wide receiver two. Other than Allen Robinson, are there any other bears that you would start? Uh, not unless I'm desperate. I think Tariq Cohen, you know, in PPR leagues as a... Bi-week replacement, he's been seeing a ton of targets. I think he had like nine receptions last week, only for like 19 yards, so he's not going anywhere with it. Uh, and look, you can run on the, the Chargers defense, but I don't really want to go back to David Montgomery. I, I kind of want to see him do it another week before I jump back in on David Montgomery. But yeah, I mean, those are only if you're desperate. Those are, those are bi-week fill-ins for me. EY, we gave you the Mike Williams breakdown. Now let's get to Robbie Anderson. Anderson, who's on the trade block from everything we've heard this yeah. week, he goes into Jacksonville with the rest of the Jets to take on the Jaguars. 
To me, I'm looking at this spot for the Jets as a bit of a bounce back. Like They got slaughtered this past week against the Patriots, embarrassingly so. I think they're a lot better this week in Jacksonville. I don't hate Robbie Anderson either. How do you see this one breaking down? Yeah, Sam Darnold, I think, has a bounce-back game. Jacksonville is not the same defense that they used to be. Uh, Sands, um, Jalen Ramsey. So, I mean, they're a a decent defense, don't get me wrong, but I think the Jets have something to prove. They looked absolutely horrific, um, and and I think they're going to bounce back this year, or this week. Uh, Robbie Anderson is obviously a boomer bust. I mean, he's a guy that could get you 25 points or he could get you two points or zero for for all that matters. Crowder, I think, will be the receptions guy for sure. And that will depend on if Herndon plays. I don't know. I haven't heard much on that. But I think Robbie Anderson has a bounce-back game. I believe Darnold will be looking to score some touchdowns, run the score up a bit. Uh, Jacksonville's offense is decent. so uh, But I, I think the Jets are going to show up. Whether they win or not, who, geez, I don't know. That all depends on Darnold. But I think he's the real deal. Terrible week last week. Um, but I think he bounces back. Yeah, I like both running backs in this spot a lot as well, Greg. You look at uh, Le'Veon Bell going up against the Jaguars. They're 27th in run defense DVOA. They're allowing 4.87 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So in DFS, you know people might be looking at this Jets offense. Oh, I don't want anything to do with them. I'm jumping back in on Le'Veon Bell. Uh, when it comes to Leonard Fournette, it is a tougher matchup. The Jets have been good against running backs, but he's just seeing so much volume. You can't get away from that right now. DJ Chark. Do 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 going up against Tremaine Johnson on the outside and look this guy is just not putting forth any effort. He's getting paid like seventy two million dollars. There you go. I'm not gonna sing along. Thank you. <laughs> We've got too much to get to, but I do like DJ Chark in this matchup against Tremaine Johnson. DD Westbrook is in play as well, assuming that he plays. He is dealing with a shoulder injury. He's questionable. Yeah, absolutely. The so targets have been there for DD Westbrook. So Robbie Anderson versus Mike Williams. What do you do? Yeah, it's close. Robbie does have uh, eight targets in back-to-back games. Uh, Personally, I do lean Mike Williams, though, uh, with Keenan Allen banged up. And Keenan Allen hasn't really been doing much. Mike Williams has not scored a touchdown this year. He scored 10 touchdowns last year. I think he gets back in the end zone this week. I think some positive touchdown regression is coming for Mike Williams. This time we're on the same side. I also take Mike Williams over Robbie Anderson. EY asked this question last week. Got it wrong. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Which quarterback do you start? Yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers uh, against Kansas City there. I understand that the pass defense has played better, but Aaron Rodgers is on a roll right now. And this Patriots offense, look, as great as they are right now, as great at, you know, they're undefeated, a lot of it has been because of the defense. Tom Brady was, you know, deflecting a lot of uh, questions asked about the offense after the game. He did not seem pleased with them. And the Browns' defense has actually played really well against the pass this year, and that was without Denzel Ward and without Greedy Williams. So far this year, um, you know, they're they're 21st in pass defense DVOA, but, you know, they've actually limited a lot of passing games. Um, And I think with Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward back, it's going to be some tough sledding for Tom Brady. He's, you know, he's still a top 12 quarterback for me, but if I'm choosing between those two, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. There you go, EY. All your questions answered. We're here for it. was a smile. We're good. All right. The Atlanta Falcons are at home facing off against the Seattle Seahawks. Matt Ryan practiced today. It looks like he'll be ready to go uh, against Seattle, which is certainly good for Calvin Ridley, who we expect to have a big game in place of Muhammad Sanu as the number two wide receiver in this Atlanta offense for Seattle. Loving Tyler Lockett, loving DK Metcalf, loving Chris Carson, loving Russell Wilson. And you know what? Where's Jacob Hollister in those tight end rankings? 
Uh, Jacob Hollister is right around all these other tight ends Was that we've 12? been talking about. No, I have him. 15? 17. Tight end 17. A little 17. lower. A little right. bit lower. You know, I don't want to go all in on Jacob Hollister. He did see six targets last week. The Falcons have allowed four touchdowns over their last three games to opposing tight ends. So, again, he's, you know, Hollister's in that mix, but I still would rather have Bray and Josh Hill as streaming tight ends ahead of him. When it comes to the Seattle Seahawks passing attack, yes, it's a good matchup, Greg, but really only if Matt Ryan plays. Because if Matt Shaw plays, I think that this is going to be a one-sided affair. And we've seen that in games where the Seahawks get up, they're just going to run the football. The games where Russell Wilson has a little bit of back and forth with, with an opposing team, that's where we can get those spike weeks, those upside weeks from Russell Wilson, from Tyler Lockett, from DK Metcalf. And it is a good matchup against the Falcons secondary. But if Matt Shaw plays... This game is not going to be competitive, and I think either way, we probably see a lot of Chris Carson. I have Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver one. I have DK Metcalf as a high-end wide receiver three, again, because right now, I don't think Matt Ryan's going to play, Greg. And, you know, if Matt Schaub is in there, I'm not sure how competitive this game is. You're still using Julio Jones regardless. Devontae Freeman, look, the Falcons cannot run block right now. They cannot run the ball effectively, but they use him in the pass game, so... In PPR leagues, Devontae Freeman is still in RB2. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, look, you're hoping that Matt Ryan plays, but again, I don't think it's going to happen. He's probably more of a, I don't know, low-end wide receiver three with Matt Schaub as his quarterback? Yeah, probably so. I probably can't. This Seahawks secondary is not a good one. I don't want to start Calvin Ridley if Matt Schaub is quarterback. And if Matt Schaub is the quarterback, the Seattle Seahawks defense is in play as a stream. No doubt about it. EY, Buffalo, your other team is taking on a Philly this week. And Orlando Scandrick came out today or yesterday in an interview Basically kind of ripped apart the Eagles locker room and their culture. And Ed Werder is tweeting out earlier, hey, let's see how this galvanizes this Eagles team. What do you expect from Philly and Buffalo on Sunday? I mean, it could go one of two ways. I mean, this is what happens. These guys are human beings. Somebody calls somebody out and see they're going to bring them together. It's going to tear them even further apart. The the Philadelphia Eagles are not the team, especially offensively, that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, I really believed in Wentz. uh, In a couple of my leagues, I'm actually starting Tannehill over Wentz because the Buffalo defense has been so good. Buffalo is competitive. Uh, they're, they're oddly competitive. Uh, Allen's going to give you everything he's got. Frank Gore is somehow the infinity stone, still getting things done. John Brown has looked good, and this week I think is a, is a really good start against a, an atrocious secondary in Philadelphia. But, I mean, we've seen this before. They, they have the uh, uh, guy comes out in the media. We saw it in Minnesota. They're a different team now. Maybe this will galvanize the Philadelphia Eagles, and this will be a highly competitive game. I'm still believing that the Buffalo Bills will win, uh, and Allen's going to be a top 12 starting quarterback this week. But other than that, I mean, it, it could go either way. It's going to be a very interesting game. Gabe Marenzi, if you're downstairs listening, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. EY, I am with you. This is one of my best bets. I think that this kind of uh, continues to tear apart the Philadelphia Eagles. And they've kind of been, they've they've showed signs recently, Greg. They've allowed over 300 rushing yards over the past two weeks. Normally, they pride themselves in their run defense. Now, they're not stopping the run. And their secondary has been giving up big plays all season. So, you know, Frank Gore and Devin Singletary could get back on track here based on what the Eagles have allowed the past couple of weeks. And I think that John Brown is in a good spot to have him as a, you know, top 20 wide receiver this week, so you like John Brown. Cole Beasley, I think, is a bi-week fill-in as well against his secondary. He scored a touchdown last week. Uh, Carson Wentz, I'm with you, EY. I have Tannehill ranked over Carson Wentz this week, and when you're talking about 
the Philadelphia tight ends. The Bills are allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends this year. They allowed the fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends last year. That's a trend. Mm-hmm. That's something that you can actually, actually, you know, hang your uh, hang your hat on here. I think that Zach Ertz is in for a tough spot here. Alshon Jeffrey going up against Tre'Davious White. I really don't feel good about the Eagles all around here, Greg. I mean, maybe Jordan Howard can have some success. I think the way to attack the Bills is by running the football. But ultimately, I think that uh, I'm looking at the Bills here again as a best bet. I like Josh Allen as a top 10 quarterback as well. All right, a couple more games we want to get to before we wrap up. It's the Houston Texans. Uh, they are facing off against Oakland. This is a really big spot for Deshaun Watson to go off in DFS. I love stacking Watson and Kenny Stills. Yeah, absolutely, and Stills is super cheap. I like getting D-Hop in there. You could stack all sure. three of these guys going up against the Oakland defense. They just got shredded by Green Bay. They allowed Aaron Rodgers to throw for 429 yards, five touchdowns. The wide receivers absolutely ate in that game, so I love Kenny Stills this week. He's a top 20 wide receiver for me. DeAndre Hopkins for DFS, if you can get him in there. He's going to be chalky, obviously, but I think he's in store for a big game as well. On the other side, Greg, looks like Tyrell Williams is going to go. The Houston Texans secondary could be had as well. I kind of like Tyrell Williams as a low-end wide receiver three. He's been practicing with the team. Looks like he's going to be good to go. Uh, Darren Waller, obviously you're getting him in your lineup. But the DFS price has caught up to him. He's very expensive this week, Greg. Pay attention to Josh Jacobs. A lot of points expected in this game, but he is truly questionable dealing with that shoulder injury. Do you want to hit on EY? I want to make sure we get to Indianapolis and Denver. Jacoby Brissett going up against Joe Flacco. Cortland Sutton, the number one wide receiver with Denver. I love him this week as well. Deshaun Hamilton could be sneaky too. Yeah, he could catch a bunch of balls. I mean, we know that that uh, Joe Flacco loves to check down, lo- loves to throw the ball short. That's Deshaun Hamilton's job. That's his role. That's what he's been before. Emmanuel Sanders was kind of that guy. He's gone now. Uh, what I am worried about, what I'm curious to see is, is I know that Sanders would draw number one attention sometimes. So will Sutton be able to, he's obviously the number one there. So will he be able to perform? My answer is yes. Corlin Sutton, top 12 wide receiver. Go back to the Broncos, running backs as well, both inside of my top 24. Anything on San Francisco and Carolina, Frank? Oh, man. (laughs) Not enough time, Greg. Uh... I would avoid the Carolina Panthers wide receivers. I would avoid Emmanuel Sanders as well. I do like Tevin Coleman as a high-end RB2. Obviously, you're getting Kittle and CMC in there. For Eric Young and Frank Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching. Good luck in Week 8. We'll see you Monday. We We hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Just like we all expected, a barn burner, the Vikings and Washington. Vikings and the Washington football team came through exactly how we expected them to. EY, what's happening, buddy? Not not the greatest football game, but uh, I mean football nonetheless. I uh, was flipping around, watching some uh, watching some hockey, watching some football. It was a good night. It was a good night. Uh, but I do have bad news. Uh, playing in the the WWE league, playing Miz, he had Delvin Cook and somehow uh, Bailey, the kicker, and he's up on me, forty-one points with two players. Not, so not a great start to the WWE league week. No, we played Delvin Cook as well, Frank. Yeah, close. Uh, I played. I played him in five of my nine leagues. So that's that's good. That's a good way to go into the weekend. That's so unlucky, man. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. 
I, I played uh, the Patriots. I think it was week two when they well, they played Miami. I played them in eight of the, my nine leagues. Oh my think about God, that. It's crazy. Where are the odds of that happening? It's so remote. I'm not a math guy, but like that is so remote. No. That is insane. So remote. Yeah. Dalvin Cook now has had a touchdown in every game but one so far this year. He has nine rushing touchdowns Jeez. in eight games. Yeah. He's just absolutely amazing. You know, and a lot of people thought this could have happened, right? We all knew that. You know, going at the turn, he's he's this year's Christian McCaffrey because McCaffrey was going at a similar spot last season at that one-two turn. Dalvin Cook, we all knew what the upside was. The only reason you got the discount on him was because of the injury risk. But we can we see now. Look, as long as this guy is healthy, the offensive line has improved this year as well. They did invest in that in the offseason. They invested it in in the draft as well. They bring in Garrett Bradbury. The offensive line is playing well. Dalvin Cook, one of the most electric running backs in the league right now. So if you drafted him on that turn or in the second round, or you know, you reached on him in the first round, it is working out for you right now. Greg, he is this year's Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. He is the guy that leads you to victory each and every week. As you mentioned, scored a touchdown in every game but one this season. Uh, he has been a rock star. The offense is simply built around Dalvin Cook. And Stephon Diggs, he got his. Another seven catches for over 140 yards, burning Josh Norman. The only negative to Stephon Diggs was that early first quarter fumble where he was trying to change the field and head toward the end zone. Ultimately, he fumbles, but that was just a blip on the radar. Another really good night, EY, from Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Diggs looked awesome. I mean, this is the guy that that I think most of us thought he was going to be. Uh, this is the guy that you know people drafted him high, and I, I would imagine that a lot of people have have moved on from him and are probably pretty sad about that. So uh, yeah, Diggs looked awesome. Yeah, I tweeted that last night as well. Drink that I hope after that game against the Eagles where he blew up for 167 yards and three touchdowns that you didn't just sell this guy off for anything that you can. I mean, I was one of those that was actually trying, but nobody wanted him. So I just kind of stuck around. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to ride this out. This is now three weeks in a row that he has given us 143 receiving yards or more. How about this? Two weeks in a row, he's had exactly 143 receiving yards. So that's weird. On seven receptions, too. Three games in a row, at least seven receptions. Two games in a row, exactly 143 receiving yards. Just very odd. Four of the last five games, he's had over 100 receiving yards. Yards. So, looks like Stefan Diggs is getting back to the player we thought that he could be.